Hey guys, welcome back to the 19th episode. I hope you guys are having a great day, night, everything, whenever you're listening to this. I am very excited for this episode since I am joined by Sarah Frank, who is a teenager that's already made a nonprofit and she's an author. And I don't know about you guys, but I love the show Jane the Virgin. And like Jane says, she's a published freaking author and she's a teenager. She's 19. I want to let Sarah introduce herself, but she's a creator of a nonprofit called Simple Studies, which offers over 200 study guides for classes, and I personally use them for AP Euro. It's just amazing. It's so helpful. And yeah, Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself and give yourself your socials and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a high school senior from Florida. As Sonia said, I have created a nonprofit called Simple Studies. Um, And I absolutely love to write. I have three published books at the moment. The first book is a middle grade fiction novel called One Chance. The second book is the sequel to One Chance called Two Secrets. And the third book is actually completely separate. And it's a picture book called Cloudy Days. My Instagram is at Sarah Frank author, Sarah with an H. Um, And I think that's also, yeah, that's also my TikTok. Um, I absolutely love connecting with other teenagers and anybody that's interested in either writing or the nonprofit world. So feel free to message me with any questions. Um, And I'm super excited to be here and talk with you guys. Yeah, guys, you should definitely check her out. TikTok, Instagram. I just three books already. That's amazing. You're 19, right? I'm 18. 18? Yeah. No, that's amazing. Like three books. Um, But yeah, today we're just going to go over her books and her nonprofit. So let's get into that. Um, So you've made a nonprofit, but more impressively, you're a published author as a teenager. How does that feel? It's one of the coolest experiences of my entire life, if not the coolest experience of my entire life. Um, It's absolutely amazing to think about the stories that I've written in my free time and, and for myself are now enjoyed by other people. Um, And I love to imagine that like my book is sitting on a kid's nightstand and that that's what they love to read before they go to bed or that's the book that they read on the way to school. And it is just the coolest feeling. Um, And it's even better that it's come with a platform that I've been able to use to inspire other kids to pursue their dreams um, and writing in general. Yeah, that's amazing. I just know like, when you feel that you're doing something good and when you feel that like you're having an impact, it's like, it's, it just feels so great. And being an author, writing a book, that's not easy, especially um, when you're a teenager and there's so much going on with college and all the standardized tests. And yeah, we'll get into that. But did you always like writing or did something fuel it? I, for as long as I can remember, I have loved to write, but it was definitely fueled by my love for reading. Um, I started reading when I was in um, kindergarten and even before kindergarten with, you know, my parents reading the words and I would follow along. Um, but I started reading on my own when I was in, in first grade and I fell in love with, with just being able to go on an adventure through somebody else's words. Um, so when I was in first grade, I, I started realizing how cool it is that somebody else's words could mean so much to me um and I sort of was like cool I'm gonna make my own world that I can go into um so I started writing in first grade and I absolutely fell in love with it I fell in love with creating characters to be my friends and stories to be my escape and it just became um an outlet for me um so when I was in fifth grade I was like you know what writing stories is fun but I want to write a Mm -hmm. whole book 
And I want to stick with these characters and I want to stick with this world and I want to really explore it and go in depth with it. Um, And that's sort of where it all started. Wow. And out of curiosity, what's your favorite genre for reading books? My favorite is absolutely mystery. I love mystery. Um, I love being able to convince myself that it's justified to stay up for another hour just to find (laughs) out what happens. And I just feel like there's so much um, tension and surprise. And those are things I think make for a good story. For sure. I'd have to say mine is like just realistic fiction, honestly, like any type of realistic, like if there's one genre I wouldn't like, it's fantasy. I just could never like fantasy. Really? Yeah. I I love all sorts of fiction, so I'm a little Uh, Um. Yeah. And so like, is there, I just was wondering, is there a difference between reading the genre you like? Like, I know you said you like reading mystery. Is that, do you, what's your favorite genre to write about? My favorite genre for both reading and writing is mystery. Mystery. Um, But I also, I also sort of, um, you know, there definitely is a difference between reading and writing. And I sort of feel like there are some genres that I just don't write very well. Um, For one thing, I do not write romance. I have never really tried, but I just know that I can't do it. Um, But when there's romance in a book that I'm reading, like I I enjoy reading it. Um, And it's, it's sort of interesting because from a writing perspective, like I can study the books that I read Mm -hmm. while I'm enjoying them, which is interesting. So I'm reading a series, which is a mystery series, but it has, it's like romantic subplots and it has aspects. So when I'm reading, I I sort of look at it as both a reader and a writer at the same time, Mm -hmm. which makes the experience um, more dimensional, I guess. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I'm not a writer, but reading is definitely like an adventure of its own. Yeah. And it's just, it's like so amazing that you're so motivated and you've done so much, especially when you have like so much time, I guess, ahead of you. I mean, I'm guessing that you just started college or you're still in high school at 18. Mm -hmm. And so like, while writing your book, were you ever frustrated? Did you ever feel like quitting? And what kept you going when you felt like that? That's absolutely such a reality of writing. Um, it's definitely very easy to feel defeated and feel frustrated and, and want to give up. Um, basically, what, what I reminded myself of is why I'm writing, which is my love for creating stories and my love for sharing them with people. Mm-hmm. And I also remind myself of where my writing is heading and what I can do with my stories. So by keeping in mind why I started and, and why I'm continuing, it, it helps set everything into perspective. Yeah. Have you ever had like a really long writer's block? Like is writer's block real? Absolutely. So real. I had it today. Actually, I was trying to work on, um, <laughs> it wasn't for my, for my books, but I was actually working on an essay and I was writing it and, and I was like, this is awful. This is so bad. This makes no sense. And this is not going to help me get anywhere. So I set it aside for a while and then I came back about 30 minutes later and I was like, okay, it's been about a half hour. I'm going to start fresh. It's going to be good this time. And it was still bad, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to get it out. You just have to write an awful first draft and know that you can edit it later. And and that's normally what I do. Uh, That makes sense. I know for like writing essays, especially like it's so frustrating when you feel like stuck and you're like, I can't get anything out of me. Yes. And relating to the motivation, like the fact that writing like the fact that your passion for writing kept you going I kind of wanted to add something on here just it's not even like just applying to writing but in real life I feel like 
it's not even like the motivation. We have motivation to do things, but motivation's not always going to be there, I feel, you know. I think it's yeah. also the fact that we have to look at our end goal and we have to be self-disciplined in a way and just be like it's a self-discipline that helps you achieve things when the motivation's gone. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just wanted to add that on there that like you were saying I um looking at the end goal and realizing your love for writing helped you. Yeah. Absolutely. You're totally right. Mm -hmm. And so I think we talked about um, writing the book, frustration, but what was the hardest part when you were done writing the book and you had to start publishing it? What was the hardest part of that? The hardest part of the whole publishing process is definitely the editing process. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to edit the same thing over and over and over again. It's it's so hard. Um, I've never really had an experience that has been so testing of my patience. Um, and, and, you know, any edits that I get from my publisher, my editor, my mom, anybody who's editing the pieces, I know that they're doing it with the best of intentions, which helps. But it is really hard to get an immense amount of feedback, especially so young. Um, and I've sort of gotten through that by just reminding myself that it's going to end up better on the other side. And mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit easier to, to handle but it's still difficult. Did you ever get tired of reading the same thing over and over and over again? Yes. Oh my God. Sometimes I just get so sick of my own writing. And, and the hard thing about that um, is, is that when I'm working so hard, it, it sort of feels like um, a waste of time if I'm reading something again and again and again and I'm not finding stuff. But then again, I always do eventually find something. So sometimes, you know, when I'm on my like 15th round through, like there's not a lot of edits being made, but sometimes I'll find something that's a really important thing that I need to change. So it's, it's a blessing and a curse to have to edit so many times because it does become the best book that it can be, but it's also very trying of, of my, my own patience and and confidence (laughs) in myself. Yeah, I can imagine like reading an essay for me over and over again is so just, it's just brain clock I don't even know what the right word is I just hate reading it over and over again it's like so repetitive and boring and all that and I know we're getting into your organization in just like a few minutes but I also wanted to I was just wondering how did you have time to write your book and to be a teenager I just feel like being a teenager is so busy itself how did you find that time how did you find that balance um one of the the hardest parts is you know, finding time for myself, for my friends, yep. for my quote unquote business um, side of my world. It's not a business, but for my nonprofit mm-hmm. side of my world for, and for my writing. Um, but I've actually become really, really good at time management. I have a great to-do list system where uh-huh. every day I divide my to-do list into three categories. Um, must do, if time permits, and little things. So with those three things, um, every night I write my to-do list for the next day. When I write my to-do list for the next day, I say, okay, what is something that needs to be done at the end of the day? And I look through all those things and I put them in the must-do category. And then I'm like, all right, what are things that like need to be done like this week or relatively soon? But if I don't do it tomorrow, it's not the end of the world. And I put those in the if time permits category. And then I think of like small things like an email I need to send or a message I need to reply to. And I put that in the little things. And it Mm -hmm. makes it so much more manageable because if I have say a break between calls, I have 15 minutes. I go to little things and I'm like, all right, what's a little thing that I can get done right now? 
or if I have, you know, an hour before um, my next call, I'm like, okay, an hour, which of the must do things can I do in an hour? And it's actually really been very, very helpful for time management. Wow. Yeah. I feel like making a to-do list just makes it so much easier to I feel like just writing something out on paper, having it there. Like for me, I make to-do lists too. And I'm just like, okay, this is what I need to get done. And these are just like things, just like you, if time permits, I can do those. But yeah, writing it down is definitely so helpful. But I feel like that that's really hard to do. Sometimes we just don't feel like doing it. And that yeah. when did you write your first book? I was just wondering. I wrote the first draft when I was in fifth grade and then I rewrote it in sixth grade, rewrote it again in seventh grade, signed my contract in eighth grade and released it in ninth grade. That is dedication. Like I was just wondering because time, because you're talking about time management and all that. And I was just like, oh, wow. When did she write her first book? Because then you're writing, you've written three books, created an organization. That's, that's really cool. And I think we've covered a lot about your journey as an author. How about we talk about Simple Studies, which is your nonprofit. So did you want to introduce Simple Studies? Just say what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. So Simple Studies is a free resource website for high school students. We have free study guides, practice quizzes, study buddy matching, essay editing, scholarships, giveaways, advice articles, free tutoring, daily study sessions, and more than that, more than I can list. I don't want to talk your guys' ears <laughs> off too much. Um, but this site really has everything that students need to be successful, and it's all completely free. Um, if you Google Simple Studies, it's the first thing to come up, but you can also find the site at simplestudies.edublogs.org or linked in our bio on Instagram at Simple Studies Inc. Yeah, and I will also link the link to the website in the description of the podcast on Spotify so they can see it because it's helped me so much when I discovered it on TikTok. I was like, wait, let me see if they have one for AP Euro just because I I could never like survive. I can't survive in that course. And so those study guides really helped me. So what inspired you to create this organization and when did you create it? So I actually created Simple Studies in May of 2020. Um, And in May of 2020, three things happened that led to the creation of Simple Studies. The first was um, AP exams. And this is not in chronological order, but the first was AP exams. And I had four exams that I had to take. And since they were open book, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make study guides for them. And these study guides are going to have everything that could possibly be on the test. And they did. They were like 60 pages for each of my classes. Uh, Wow. And they were, they were very extensive. The second thing was that, and this might've been in April, but in spring of 2020, I was elected student body president at my school. And mm-hmm. the third thing was that we had our first meeting um, in the end of May. And I was like, you know what? These study guides are so helpful. I wish I had them for the class, never mind mm-hmm. the, the exams. So I pitched it to student government. And I was like, hey guys, I think it would be fantastic if we could have a free resource website for our students and student government can make study guides and the students can use them. And my board voted no. So I was oh. like, no, that sucks. You know what? That's fine. I'll do it on my own. So I took to social media, came up with a name, used my four study guides that I'd made for the exams to sort of kick off the website. And I basically put the pedal to the metal. I used every social media platform that I could. And I spread the word in every way I could to recruit volunteers 
And once I had volunteers create content, once I had content, then I could promote the content. Um, and really a lot of it has been through social media and with the audience that we've gotten, it's also allowed us to do it via word of mouth. Yeah, for sure. Like on TikTok, I know you guys have a big platform and I think just, yeah, I, I really like the idea of it. And it's really cool how you didn't give up after you got rejected by Student Forward. You went ahead and made it on your own. It must have been harder making it alone rather than yeah. with a group. So what was the hardest part of creating it? Like, I know you probably faced many challenges, but what was the hardest part? Absolutely. I think the hardest part was definitely people not coming through on their commitments where people would would say, um, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, I'd love to make the study guide for, you know, AP comparative government. And so we'd accept them and, you know, give them all the information that they need to do. And then they would just ghost and just drop off the face of the earth. And then oh, no. we'd not have that person, but we'd also decline other people who sign up for it. Um, and it was very, very discouraging. We still have that problem. It happens every single day. We oh. lose a creator. And it's very frustrating because content creators make a study guide for service hours. So it's a win-win situation. The creator gets service hours and we get the mm -hmm. content. Um, but I guess it's just not enough for people. And so that's been very discouraging because relying on people that um, don't come through, it just, it's not a, it's not a fun um, situation to handle. Yeah, that's definitely not fair to you at all. And, but your team has gotten pretty big now, right? From what I know. Yeah. We, all, we have about 600 volunteers. Wow, that's so cool. And is it like one person making a study guide or is it a lot of people? For each class, there's one person making a study guide. Um, but we have, so we have content creators, we have regional representatives who represent simple studies and, and spread the word about us. Um, and basically their job is, is outreach and promotion. Mm -hmm. We have Discord tutors who tutor on our Discord. We have essay editors who edit people's essays. Um, I have a bunch of executives and we have um, Discord moderators. We uh -huh. have a whole, a whole um, ton of different positions. We have TikTok creators and, and I could go on and on, but there's a ton of different positions that mm -hmm. um, teenagers fill. And in combination, there's about 600. Wow. Yeah, that's a big team. And yeah, it's probably hard controlling all of them, especially with all the platforms and everything. And yeah. I know we talked about Discord and everything, but I know you speak up a lot of this on TikTok. I watch a lot of TikToks, but yeah. for anyone that spreads hate or misuses your website and amazing organization, I will say this so many times, I absolutely love the website, but for anyone that spreads all this hate, what would you have to say? Because I don't know... I don't know why they would do that in the first place, but what would you have to say to them? Um, you know, there is actually a lot of hate out there and I don't really understand why. Um, simple studies is made for people who want to, as our slogan says, study simply. Um, there's sure. a lot of people who really enjoy cheating and that's how they're getting through school. And it's not my place to judge them. It's really not. I'm not their mom. I don't know them. There's strangers on the internet and it's not my place to tell them what they should or shouldn't do. And, and my morals should not affect um, what, what they choose to do. And that's okay. Um, where it really starts to bother me is where they, where they insult the organization. Um, because I've put a lot of work into this and a lot of other teenagers have put a lot of work into this. And you know what? No one is forcing anybody to use the site. We're not gonna come to your house and, and ask you why you didn't use simple studies. It's really okay. If you wanna keep 
using those other platforms, like that's fine by me. I don't care. Um, but there's a lot of hate out there towards simple studies where they're like, oh, it's useless, like just cheat. There's no there's no reason to to study or learn. Um, and it's discouraging for me, but I've decided that it's just one of the um, side effects of being in such a public light now is that there is naturally going to be hate. Yeah. Um, and so I've just decided, you know what, it comes with the territory and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this hate, it's inevitable that our mental health is impacted, I guess. Just like, have you, how have you, have you learned to accept this hate in a way? Like, has it changed from once you originally started it to now? Is, has anything changed in the way you're handling these comments? Yeah, absolutely. Originally, I would get really discouraged. A couple of times I'd just sit in my room and cry and I'd be like, wow, like mm-hmm. I've spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours on this. And these people just think I'm a horrible person for some reason. And I would just sit in my room and, and honestly just feel awful about it and just feel like giving up. Um, but as I said, as I said before, it comes with the territory. And just like any good thing, there's always... Um, you know, bad stuff that comes with it. Um, yeah. Achievement, there ends up being, you know, some resentment or jealousy. Um, and it's just, it's very, very, very frustrating. But I've also decided that this is an experience that everybody's going to go through at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily with simple studies, but with receiving hate. Um, yeah. Everybody's going to go through that at some point in their life. And I figure, you know, learning how to deal with that now um, is just going to help me in the future. So I figure it's okay and I'm able to handle it better now. That's, I'm so glad to hear that just because I feel like for a lot of us, like hearing that hate just makes us feel like, oh, we're not worth as much, but it's hard to avoid hate. There's always going to be someone out there that has a problem with what we're doing, who we are. And it's just important to accept that and move on, focus on the good. So it's great that you're doing that. So while creating this organization and making these books too, as a whole, did you have a support system throughout parents, friends? Did you have anyone you were talking to about it and anyone that was just cheering you on throughout the way? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really lucky to have two um, amazing parents that have definitely been a support system for me in completely different ways. My dad, um, I talked to him about everything and my mom has helped me with everything. She edits all my stories and she's been super supportive um, and they've been supportive differently, but it's actually been been very helpful. I'm also lucky that well, throughout both the simple studies and the writing process, I have lost a lot of friends to um, jealousy and, and resentment, but oh, it yeah. also showed me who my real friends are. And those friends have been nothing but supportive and kind. And those friends have always, um, you know, helps me feel better when I'm down and even when I'm not. That's, I'm, I don't know what to say to that just because like the jealousy and yeah, I feel like it's great for you to know your true friends from this and Mm -hmm. having a support system is so great too. And especially along the way when you're feeling stuck or anything. So yeah, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yes. And from making your book, starting an organization, what would be the biggest lesson you've learned or the main takeaway you've had? I think the biggest takeaway is that there's always a silver lining. And I think that's such an important life lesson that I think everybody like has heard before. Mm -hmm. Um, But to really learn that and know that that's the case with every bad scenario, there has been a positive scenario. So if I've had, you know, a simple studies problem, that I've had to work with somebody on on figuring out, it's brought me closer to them. 
if I've had a hard day editing on my book, it just made it better on the other side. Um, and th there's been a lot of, of ups and downs, but all the downs have um, something that, that makes it worth it. And yep. that's been so helpful just for, for life in general, not even just for these specific extracurriculars. It's just a helpful life lesson that I'm glad I, I've learned this young. Yeah, that's amazing. I was actually just thinking about it this afternoon, just how like a lot of times we often regret what we do or we're always just like focusing on the bad of the mistakes when we should actually just learn, when we should actually focus on what we've taken away from these regrets, taken away from these wrongs so we can move on and learn from them. So it's, yeah, that's learning that at such a young age is incredible. And Thank I feel you. like it just helps with the success so much more, but yeah. Um, yeah. So usually I end these with a surprise question of the day, just because we I love it. Uh, yes. So um, my surprise question of the day this time is: if you had a Disney character or a cartoon character, for that matter, like to describe yourself or that best resembles you, which one would it be? I know this is kind of just like a pop up, mm -hmm. so you can take. Some okay, time I'm gonna think. answer both Disney and cartoon. Mm -hmm. Disney, it's definitely Belle because she loves to read. She's oh, yeah. strong and independent for the most part. Um, she, I'm not as brave as her. She's definitely braver than me. Um, but she loves getting lost in a book, would totally get married in a library, and mm -hmm. um, looks good in yellow. Um, the second thing, um, the second question, the cartoon, I would say Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. Because oh, yeah. he's energetic, he's talkative, he's creative, but he, he can be a little bit bossy sometimes. Um, he likes to lead his projects the way that he wants to lead them. And that's that's um, similar to me. Uh, I also just love creating things. You know, I can't build a roller coaster like he does, but I create things in my own way. Yeah, I like that. I really like those. Both of those characters are good. And I would definitely see how like you could be Belle and mm -hmm. Phineas and Ferb for that matter. Personally, I honestly don't know, but I guess like Tangled Rapunzel, I feel like her sometimes, or I feel oh, like just yeah, like a that. mixture of all of them sometimes. It just depends. But yeah, I'm not really sure on that one. I was just a I love the of question. Thank you. So that pretty much sums it up. Sarah, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I hope you know. I hope you know, like, I hope someone tells you there, there that you truly are an inspiration to adults, teenagers, everyone, people of all ages. I am so glad I had the opportunity to interview you, and I know my audience feels the same. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love doing these types of things, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, and I really do wish you the best of luck in the future. For everyone that's watching this, I hope you enjoyed listening. I definitely enjoyed recording this, and I urge you to check out Sarah. Um, I'm going to link her website. I'll link her Instagram um, in the description below, her account and everything. So with that said, I hope you guys have a great day, night, everything. I will see you guys next episode. Thank you. Bye.